hard workers for suckers, mm-hmm. right? Because you know who worked hard? Slaves work hard, mm-hmm. right? And and, and, I, and you know, no disrespect. I know people gonna take that completely the wrong way. I got you. But but my point is, there are a lot of people that work extremely hard and have nothing at all to show for it. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't work or put a lot of work in, but it's about doing smart work, mm-hmm. right? And smart work comes from understanding. But when you have a lack of understanding, all you know is the work, work, work. I always laugh at people that says, man, I got to give me a second or a third job. I ain't never met nobody with three jobs that got money. Hey, y'all, what's up? What's popping? Welcome to another episode of the Black People Parenting Podcast. It's me, Dion, family education educator, and of course, the glad dad here to uh, talk about financing. Once again, you know, this whole season is about finances and how uh, we as black folks and black parents can navigate through the world of finances. So I got some reinforcement in here with me for this episode. Uh, A good, good brother from uh, By the Hood. And By the Hood is an organization that's based out of Philly. They do a lot of dope work, uh, a lot of educational work in the finance space. They have taught me uh, things that are just, you know, beyond my comprehension at one point. Right. So I want to bring him on and allow him to talk about what he does and why it's important for us as parents to kind of understand things like the stock market, why it's important for us to teach our kids about the stock market uh, and just have a conversation. Because I think I feel like a lot of this information was kind of hidden from a lot of us uh, prior to the pandemic. But it was like, you know, when COVID hit, uh, everybody wanted to talk about generational wealth and financial literacy and all of those things. So it seems like some of that stuff has kind of fallen off. Right. We don't see the people talking about uh, educating each other on finances and educating each other on uh, these types of topics. So I want to be sure that it, it's at the forefront of the conversations that we have, particularly when it comes to uh, raising our kids. So I'm going to let my man Jimmy from By the Hood step on the stage and introduce himself to the uh, good folks of the Black People Parenting Podcast. What's up, good brother? What's up, brother, man? How are you? First and foremost, man, I just want to say thank you uh, for the opportunity, you know, to be on your platform and, and you know, you know, kick the ballistics with you, man. You know, we, <laughs> conversations are always engaging, man. I, lo- I love, you know, chopping it up with a, you know, intelligent brother such as yourself. Absolutely, man. So for as we get started, tell us what is by the hood, because I think it encompasses so much. It's important mm-hmm. to kind of to kind of talk about what by the hood is and what you guys do. So I'm one half of by the hood uh, with my partner, Corey. Um, I'm the finance guy. He's the educator. So we come together to create this thing called by the hood. So it started years ago. Um, you know, to make a long story short. Um, after college, I was working in the real estate space and I've been working in the real estate space for a long period of time now. Um, and I saw what was happening in our communities. Like, you know, I wouldn't say fairly early on because it's been happening for centuries at this point. Um, so I started going to different community organizations and teaching our folks about the power of ownership as it pertains to property. So that's where the name Buy the Hood came from. I was trying to tell people like, yo, we got to buy our neighborhoods because I saw what was what was going to happen. And it did happen because I understood the value of um, not just our land, but our land in terms of the proximity to certain things such as highways, central business districts, all these kind of things. So that was kind of like um my ministry, so to speak, back then working in real estate. Uh, I'm a specialist in real estate valuation as well as um licensed agent investor. Anything in real estate you name, I've done. Um, but I've also fell in love with finance. So I went and got a securities license, insurance license. Yeah, I'm licensing. I, well, I let those licenses go. The only one I kept is my real estate license. Um, you know, so from a collegiate standpoint, I've, I've studied real estate in grad school. I have a master's degree in real estate, undergrad business management. So business and like finance has always kind of been my thing. My brother Corey and I went to high school together. We played ball together in high school and we would have these conversations because he's an educator. He worked in education. Um, 
and I would tell him about like my journey in terms of trying to teach people in the community. And one of the things he said to me that kind of changed the trajectory of everything I was doing, he was like, look, you know, it's admirable what you're doing, but we have to reach the youth. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? So I went and watched him teach a class and, you know, inside the classroom, that brother is very skilled, right? You know, so shout out to all the teachers out there. Mm -hmm. What you do is an amazing job. It's almost like um, watching an MC control the stage. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we got kids acting crazy. I saw what his skill set was. And he was like, listen, the stuff you're talking about with finance, you know, you bring this to the babies, we can really make a change in the community. Right. So we decided from that together, like 50-50, we partners. Let's go. Let's go hit the streets. And by the hood, as it's now known, is a community organization. And our, our objective is to teach the power of ownership. So we run a summer camp um, every summer. You can get information at bythehoodcamp.com. Um, and this summer coming up will be our eighth year doing it. We uh, teach a camp for kids ages five and up. We tell them about the power of ownership. We teach them about the stock market. We teach them about real estate, cryptocurrency, saving, budgeting, the whole nine. And that's just one of the programs we have. We have a program where we speak, you know, behind the walls to uh, incarcerated youth as well as adults. Um, and we teach them some of the same things. We're running a program literally right now with the Sharswood Brewery Town Community Organization in North Philadelphia, where we're teaching those same things to kids in that community. So um, outside of that, we've written curriculums for a lot of different um, schools and some big programs in terms of them bringing financial literacy to the classroom. So, we still do teach adults, but we focus on the youth because we want to build financially literate army because we're getting attacked on so many fronts as black folks, whether that's criminal justice, whether that's um, you name it, education, criminal justice, mm-hmm. um, food, finance. We're mm-hmm. getting attacked on so many fronts, but this is where we got to stake our flag and we're going to work in this space. We need people to work in all the spaces. But one of the things you recognize um, just from reading is that we're getting attacked on all fronts, but it's very important that we understand the power of ownership and especially our youth, because I mean, you know, not to sound very cliche or, uh, <laughs> or like Whitney Houston, but the children really are, our <laughs> right? they really are our future, but also they have something that, you know, um, me and you have, but not as in, in abundance they do do, which is time. Mm. So if they get these concepts at an early age, even if they don't fully grasp everything, but they're just made aware of certain things. By the time they get to be our age, they're going to be beasts. Mm-hmm. What we've seen over this eight years of doing the summer camp is we've had kids that come from the first camp and they come back every year. Those kids are beasts. Those kids are, you know, anywhere between the ages of six and 14. And the thing is, we don't, you know, you could be 18, 19, 20 and still come. But we start at five as long as they can read. We got kids 10, 12 years old, man, that could read an income statement. They can break down a company's balance sheet. They could tell you whether the company is a great investment or not. Mm. And when I was coming up, I'm not going to lie to you, at that age, I wasn't even thinking about that, right? Right, right. I'm saying so it's, that is our most, um, how can I put this? That's that's the work that, you know, um, gets me out of bed in the morning. It's yeah. seeing the difference that you can actually make in the community. Yeah. So um, I know you said short, but <laughs> trying to just give no, an no, idea no, no. as we do. Um, mm-hmm. our, our website is bythehood.com. You know, on socials, we're at bythehood. And our thing is really community based. That's kind of our thing. There's a lot of people online that teach finance, teach options, teach all these things. And we do all that too. But, you know, we are in the community. Our thing isn't to create wealth to have things or be on IG with cars and private jet. Not that we couldn't do that we wanted to, right? But the thing is, that's not our goal. Our goal right. is to take our resources and literally bring it to the people. That's always been our goal. That's our mission. We stay focused on that. Um, and that's what we're about. We're about building up uh, our, our young soldiers, man. Yeah. 
Yeah. So let's let's talk about because you do a lot of work with 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 kids. And I think I want to I want to focus on uh, that mm -hmm. for this particular episode. I think we could talk about uh, an abundance of things, but I want to talk about the babies and I want to talk about how parents can uh, kind of plan for their kids education. Right. One of the things that I did recently, I love I love telling people like, you know, steps and things that I that I've done in, in my in my actual life. Right. Pertaining to my kids. One of the things that I did, I just got um, a life insurance policy for my youngest. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a term. That's a term policy for uh, a certain amount of money. And the goal is, you know, once that term is up to cash that joint out. Right. Cash mm -hmm. that joint out and give it to him or, or, or invest it with him uh, so he can have like a head start. Right. It's a it's, a, it's an insurance policy that I'm going to pay in, pay into for the next, you know, however many years um, there's a cash value attached to it. Um, but things like that weren't taught to us growing up. Right. Mm -hmm. For us. I don't know for you, Jim. For me, it was, you know, my mom uh, getting savings bonds every month and keeping the saving bonds under the bed right Amen. And, and, and 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 hoping that they gain value over the years and you know kind of using that as a vehicle uh to to plan for things but then what happens is that what uh sometimes life happens right and then those savings bonds got to get used up for for something because there's some bills that need to get paid or there's some, you know what i mean and that's just how we were kind of brought into the game but my my goal for my kids is to change that narrative so why do you think that it's important for for parents to kind of look at uh planning for their kids future differently than the way that most of us were raised man it's a couple of great questions in there um and no i wasn't talked to about money uh, when i was a youth for, uh, another thing is so you must have a return of premium rider or something on you you have a rider on your term policy right right just making sure because yeah. um Anyway, um, <laughs> but with that being said, though, um, I, I didn't even know like what my mom's bills were. Right. Until one day she got tired of me, like consistently asking for sneakers. And it was like, look, this is what I make. Here's what the bills are. Like, you know, right. I, but it, took, it took for me like pestering her. Um, and, and the same with my father didn't really talk to me about money, per se. Um, and I think part of the reason was in retrospect is that neither one of them really understood money. Mm -hmm. They understood work. Right. And as a people in this country, as black folks in this country, my, my sister, Courtney, uh, the Ivy investor, she always says that <laughs> we are in love with our labor. Right. Mm. We love our labor so much because um, we we are we understand that you go to work, you get a paycheck, you, you know, you take care of your family. Look, we're just in love with our labor. We mm. don't understand that there's an entire leisure class in this country mm -hmm. folks who don't have to get up every day. Their money goes to work for them. Right. And when you understand money, how it's printed, where it comes from, how it works, it changes your mentality. I know you hear a lot of the people online in a group talking about it's the, it's the mental part, but they're not lying about it. they're lying about a lot of other stuff, but they're not lying about it <laughs> because the mentality is, is very important. Right. Because it gives you a different understanding. The funniest thing about money is the more money that you make, the more you realize how unimportant it is. Mm -hmm. Right now, when I say unimportant, it's not unimportant overall, but what I mean, but you understand exactly what it is because all money is, is time. Money is literally time. One of the things I didn't mention in the beginning is we also have written a book called Own Your Time and Space. It's my brother, myself and my brother, Corey, uh, co-authors of that book. And one of the, um, the things about that is we talk about the space around us and its value, but also time. Money is time. So when you go to work every day, whatever you do, um, 
and you put that time in and you get rewarded with your, you know, your compensation, when you spend money, if you start looking at it as time, it'll make you reevaluate. I remember when I got my first job, I got my first job at a movie theater when I first got my working papers. And remember I told you I used to buy my mom trying to get sneaks. Mm-hmm. I said, all right, when I'm going to get my first check, I'm going to get these sneaks. When I worked and got my first check and it was time to get the sneaks and I got my check, I didn't want to buy them no more. All right. Right. Because what hit me was, yo, I put these, I worked all, all two weeks for this. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I want to get rid of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but it didn't really make sense till I got a little bit older in terms of just how money is literally our time. So, when you talk about why we weren't really educated in terms of money, I, I think that um, most of our parents didn't have a full understanding of money. And it's one of those things where you learn about it when you get, you know, of age, right? They could tell you how to pay bills, they could tell mm-hmm. you how to get a job. But they couldn't really tell you how to make your money work for you because that's right. not what they were taught. Right. We are literally behind as a people. We're far behind as a people. Right. So the thing is, that's why it's very important to talk to the kids at a young age and give them concepts. Because one of the things I also learned through this journey of reaching the youth is a lot of our kids just aren't challenged enough. Hmm. Right? Because we look at kids and say he's too young for that. But then when you challenge them and they and they get it, they start their clicks. Our kids are brilliant. Like our kids are literally brilliant. Right. One of the things I recognize is they're not challenged and we need to challenge them and put these things in front of them. Yeah. And I think, you know, I I think a lot of the things that you said are important. Right. And I think we have to do a better job of, you know, teaching our kids to have a work ethic. Right. But we also need to teach them about, you know, like you said, there's another class of people out there who make their money passively, mm-hmm. right? Who They don't get up and go to work every day to make their money. Um, how, how can we embed those thoughts? How, how can we change the narrative, right? Because I, I think, you know, that phrase, you know, we're in love with our work is something that sticks with me because it's, it's just recently that I've, you know, gotten out of the, 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 the grind culture. And I, I feel like that is something that has been, uh, embedded in us, the hustle culture and you grind and you do this and you work hard and you, you know, you, you grind, 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 grind. Uh, but eventually if you grind so much, you're going to wear yourself out. Right. So how can we change that thought pattern into, um, teaching in a way that our kids understand that there is a way to make money, um, in a way that's smarter than we and previous generations have done. Understanding how money is made. You talk to them about how money is made. Um, me and Corey have a saying we say that people get so pissed and we say it, but hard work is for suckers, mm-hmm. right? Because you know who worked hard? Slaves work hard, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 I, and you know, no disrespect. I know people gonna take that completely the wrong way. I got you. But, but my point is, there are a lot of people that work extremely hard and have nothing at all to show for it. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't work or put a lot of work in, but it's about doing smart work. Mm-hmm. Right. And smart work comes from understanding. But when you have a lack of understanding, all you know is the work, work, work. I always laugh at people that says, man, I got to give me a second or a third job. I ain't never met nobody with three jobs. that got money. Mm. How mm. about you? You yeah. know anybody yeah. with three jobs that got money? No. We, exactly. If you're working three jobs, it's to survive. Right. So that's my mm-hmm. point. People always think that it's just going more labor, more labor, more labor. But when you get the understanding that your money can literally be soldiers for you. And I can put money to work and think people believe that I need a bunch of money to start. You have to start from wherever you are, but you have to build up those habits. you got to build up that discipline. You have to have an understanding of why you're doing it. And this is the thing I mentioned earlier about the kids having more time than us. 
if they get that understanding by the time they get their first job, if they start, they'll be fine. The thing is to be a millionaire in this country really isn't that complicated, right? You spend less than you make and you put your money to work and boom, over time it happens. Mm-hmm. It's the discipline, right? It's the discipline. And also one of the things I understand is how we're marketed to, right? When we watch TV or consume content on, on Instagram and YouTube, this world is run via marketing. Mm-hmm. Everything is marketing. I have a podcast. You have a podcast. What do we do? We try to get marketing dollars, right? We try to get ad dollars. Absolutely. Everything is marketing. Everything. Companies spend billions of dollars for that to get us to be consumers and buy things. But there's a difference between being a consumer and being a producer and being an investor. And once you start to have that little understanding, all of us have to consume, but all of us don't have to invest. Mm-hmm. Once you start to understand the importance of investing and why you invest, see, a lot of times people get so caught up in the um, the, the the fancy stuff. I want to run this strategy and that strategy and this strategy, which is cool, but you got to get back to the fundamentals. Saving, right? Before we even get into investing, how much money do you have if an emergency happens? Mm-hmm. Saving. And even to the babies, we tell the kids, you got to learn to save, Right. Some of the, some, it's funny, like last week we were teaching a class to the, uh, the kids in the Shards where it was week two of a six week camp we're giving them. And it was about budgeting. And one of the things I was telling them is like, this isn't as fun as some of the other stuff we do, but it's probably the most important. Right. right? If you don't know how much you have coming in and have going out and why you save before you even get to all the, f- the, f- the fun stuff, mm-hmm. you got to have a f- the foundation down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's the thing. So that's why it's extremely important for us to have these conversations with the kids because we could. that's that mentality, man, right? It's the mentality and how they see money. If they start to change their mentality when they get young, again, when they get to be our age, they're going to be beasts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think that it's important to teach the, teach the babies um, how to survive in what I believe is this world to come, right? I believe that we're seeing a shift in the labor market Um, We're seeing that, you know, people aren't necessarily going to be doing the same type of work that they were doing 20 to 30 years ago. I posted a video on on Instagram of of two robots dancing and uh, (laughs) building. Right, The robot picked up the bag. The robot picked up uh, some lumber and took the lumber up the ramp put the lumber down and, you know, did all of these things. So I, I believe that it's safe to say that the, the job market is, is, is changing faster than we can, we, we can anticipate. Um, So do you think that it's important that we prepare these young people? And if so, how do we do that? All right. That's a great question. And I'm going to tell you one of the cheat codes about working um, with younger folks is they have probably more knowledge about that than we do. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. They're, so they've actually made me a better investor and trader because they're aware of trends. Mm-hmm. They know what's going on. They know what's hot before Main Street or Wall Street do, specifically in our um, community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. But to get back to your you know, question, absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. That's why. Um, but you'll never be able to really replace folks altogether if you have a certain skills. So. Outside of this investing, one of the things we talk to them about is like being a skilled person, having certain skills, because if you bring value to the marketplace, the marketplace will reward you in terms of resources. Then you take those resources and put them to work. So as you see the labor markets and things change. So now who is going to be able to repair those robots? Right. Mm-hmm. Who's going to write the code to program those robots? Right. right. So so we have a, um, and another company that you know does work in the community. We try to send folks to they teach coding. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not that. 
jobs like jobs get replaced, but they're replaced with other jobs. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like some of the jobs that a lot of us have currently now didn't exist 20, 30 years ago. Right. But now they're jobs. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. The thing is to stay abreast of of what's happening in the marketplace. But a lot of times the youth already know. Mm-hmm. They already know. Um, so now it's just a matter of teaching them different skills. But having those skills are what's always going to bring you revenue, which mm-hmm. is one of the most important things before you even get to investing or saving is being able to generate value. Once you generate mm-hmm. value, then you put that value to work. So, but I think you are correct in what you say about um, how things are changing. You got all the different buzzwords out there. You got AI, VR, AR, all these different buzzwords out mm-hmm. there. Um, and a lot of them right now are just that, but they're coming. Once you see an idea out there, somebody's working on it. Right, right. right? And I think, I think it's important that we teach them how to think, right? Mm-hmm. Because somebody had to think about the need that making that particular robot could meet, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody had to think about that and make that an idea to say, hey, this needs this. Somebody had to think about, um, you know, the fact that if you are sitting in a car and you want to talk on a phone, hey, 30 years ago, how would I talk on the phone if I'm sitting in the car? Hey, maybe I can plug it into the cigarette lighter, right? Or if I'm laying in my room and I want to be cool, but I don't want to turn the AC on, how can I become cool? Oh, I could put a fan up here, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody had to, over time, there's always somebody who has to think about these ideas before they are implemented. But let me tell you something about thinking though, right? Uh, that also goes back to having resources too. Mm-hmm. One day I looked up um, Fortune 500 companies and I was going through the CEOs and founders of these companies, right? And I noticed a, a pattern. And one of the patterns is a lot of these folks at, at that position, whether they're founders or CEOs, um, come from upper middle class families. Mm-hmm. Right? Even if you just break it down into like, you know, the tech companies like Google, like, you know, the founders of Google, uh, Brennan Page or or Zuckerberg, right? Or even Bezos. Like if you just look at just that one little small sec, but it, it, the same thing applies throughout the entire S&P, not the entire S&P, but a majority of it. Mm-hmm. Looking up, just doing some research, like, you know, where they come from, who's their family. They all come from upper middle class families. And what occurred to me is, by their parents having resources, it literally gave them the ability to dream, right? To think, right? Right. right. Resources allows your kid to actually have the time to think. You know how many kids I've talked to in the city who like get jobs, but they have to send their money home, like mm-hmm. like only bring it home to actually mm-hmm. help with the day to day bills, right? So a lot of times in our community, our money doesn't travel down the way it's supposed to because we're so busy, like pushing it back up to help. Mm-hmm. Again, we're behind. Right. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is and there's reasons for it. Right. right. There's, there's right. history behind that. Um, so that's one of the things. So that's why the most successful students that we've seen have the parents that stick around with. them, Right. And the thing is, we tell parents, you can stay around, but you don't have to. It's up to you. And what we notice is some parents will literally stay around, sit with their kids, work with them, reinforce some of the concepts at home. And some will try to look at it as babysitting. I'm going to go drop them off with them and I'm going to go out right. of there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being real with you. Like, just being right. honest. Right. But those that take the time to reinforce what we say and all those kind of things, those are the ones that really get it. Mm-hmm. And really up. So, you know, it's kind of a two-pronged approach because by the parents being there, they'll pick up things too. And, you know, having resources literally gives our kids the abilities to dream, to think and create. You know what I mean? Like you can literally be a creative if you have time. And what does that time come from? Again, time, right? Time, those resources, that money is time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you mentioned the S&P. And for those who don't know, uh, the S&P 500 is the listing of 
uh, the top 500 companies in the country. So I want to talk about for those who may not know or, or who might be interested in getting into the stock market. I think we saw a boom, like I said, during the COVID mm -hmm. uh, era of people, you know, getting in, you know, getting their Robinhood accounts and doing all of these things and and getting, in, you know, investing. But I want to I want to break it down in layman's terms uh, for a parent who might want to get in get their child uh, an investment account or start investing with their mm -hmm. child or start teaching their kids about the stock market. Uh, what are some things that they need to know um, as a parent, right? What are some things that they need to know uh, in terms of getting themselves or getting their children involved in the stock market? All right. So something I'm going to get ready to say that no one wants to hear until you have at least a thousand dollars saved, you shouldn't even be looking at an investment. Mm. And ideally you want to have um, a bigger fund than that. But I, I understand we're all in different spaces. So I would say at least a thousand dollars until you have at least, until you shown that you can put a thousand dollars into a savings account for an emergency, like leave investing alone, right? And and I, and I know it's like some people don't agree with that at all, but I think it's a reason for that because one of the things we need are habits because it's really about the discipline more so than anything else. Once you have that thousand dollars, right? At that point, then you can start to look into investing. Now, when you start looking into investing, um, at your job, do you have? 401k, 403b, 457 plan. And by the way, anything I say is not investment advice. It's for educational, informational purposes only. I am not your financial advisor. Do not come after me. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is, does your job have any of those? Neither plans? am I. <laughs> any of those tax deferred plans, right? Um, after that, you may look into a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA if you're a higher income earner. Um, so there's a lot of different like strategic things. But now getting back to the basics of actually investing and, and sharing that with your child. Um, one of the ways that we are able to reach the youth, and it's honestly um, because of what I told you earlier, how much money is spent on marketing. There's a book out there, um, and, and the book is called Brandwashed, right? And what the book Brandwashed talks about is how all of us in this country are brandwashed. There are certain brands that we will never go without, right? doesn't matter what it is. Like, Dan, if I ask you, what's your favorite brand that you won't use the other brand like at all? What would you say it would be? Hmm. Uh, Heinz ketchup. Heinz ketchup, right? So there you go. Everybody has one. It could be your deodorant. Yeah. That's mine. By the way, I like degree. I'll never use nothing else. Really? Um, yeah, that's my thing. All right. So for some people, it's a it's it's a condiment. It could be a deodorant. It could be a lotion. It could be a right. Fridge. You know. You know the whole iPhone folks. Whenever you. So for somebody, is it's always something, right? Those brands have gotten a hold of us, and it's a real thing. But. One of the things that people don't know is this starts before birth, right? People read certain things to their kids, like the kids are brainwashed while they're in the womb. Mm -hmm. And I say all that to bring it back to this. By the time they have the ability to read or speak, they have their favorite brands too. Why do you think that Google and Apple are in a rush to put Chromebooks or iPads in schools? Absolutely. That's one of the reasons why, because mm -hmm. they know once they get those kids into that brand and locked into that ecosystem, mm -hmm. they're never leaving. They're never, never leaving. Leaving. Right, 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 right. right. So- Kids have their favorite brands. Like so in the class that we're teaching the Sharswood kid, that's kind of what our um our lecture is about this week is about their favorite brands. And we already know what the response is gonna be because anytime we do this, they go crazy. Mm -hmm. like, oh man, I'm PlayStation, you Xbox boy, mm -hmm. and, right, and they go right, crazy. Right, right, right. But once you catch them with the brands, then you show them all these brands have people who are owners. All of us are consumers, but there's another side of this, right. Right. So then you show them how to break down a company. And then so it starts with 
where the, some of the things they like. It doesn't mean that everything you like will be a great investment because there's some terrible investments out there that you may use, but it doesn't mean they're a great investment, but it's somewhere to start. So what I tell uh, parents is this, ask your kid to write down their favorite things, favorite cartoon, favorite TV show, favorite network, right? And you start with the things they like. That's an entry right there. Mm-hmm. And it could be a great exercise for yourself. Corey likes to say, by the time you get out of your bed and you get to work in the morning, you've done business with about 50 to 100 companies hmm. from the sheets you sleep in, the bed you're laying in to the floors you're on, the electric, mm-hmm. the electric gas water is probably all publicly traded. You go get you a coffee from Starbucks or Dunkin' mm-hmm. That's all publicly traded. You jump into a Toyota, uh, Tesla, right. a Chevy, all publicly traded. Then you stop and get gas, publicly traded. Right. You mention your breakfast. You know what I mean? Like, so by the time you go through this whole exercise as an adult, you see the things that you're already doing business with. But your kids have that same thing. They're grabbing their iPad, right? They're jumping on their Xbox, right? Microsoft, iPad, Apple, right? They're Googling something, Alphabet. So have them go through the same exercise, figure out what their favorite things are. Their favorite cartoon, maybe, or maybe their favorite restaurant, you know, mm-hmm. something, whatever it may be. Go through that exercise of the things they like. And then from that point, that's how you can start talking to them about, hey, like you, should, you should own this stuff because right. in the benefits and advantages of doing so. So that's kind of like how I would approach that topic. But first, you know, um, make sure you can save, but then have those conversations. Come up with a short list of a couple things um, and then you can set up an account and you can follow it. Right. And you can actually that's the key to follow it with your kids so they can see how this thing actually works. So you you, you said opening up an account, you want to you want to tap into the difference between or the benefits of UTMA and um, the other sorts of the other. Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What type of account is it? A, um, so you're, you're talking about um, UGMA and UTMA accounts. Yes. Right? Yes, Custodial. Yes. Accounts, Custodial. Right? Thank you so much. So, Thank so, you. so there's. Um, different type of custodial accounts. And again, this is getting into specific strategy, right? Because Mm -hmm. one of the things that um, you want to be careful of is your long-term plans. And I don't like to really talk about UGMA versus UTMA in terms of which one is better, Mm -hmm. because in my opinion, when it comes to finance, and this is one of the things I see online too much, people say, you got to go grab this. You got to grab this type of insurance. You got to grab this type of account. Everybody's situation is different, right? right so absolutely. It all depends upon like what your goals are. Is your kid going to school? Maybe you don't want to grab either one of those and just put everything in your name so it won't come, you know, so they that won't be held as an asset. So there's all kinds of different things mm-hmm. about it. But understand that if you want to open up an account in their name, here's what I will say. And you know, they're under 18, you will have to sign for it. You will mm-hmm. have to open up a custodial account um for your kid. And you could do that. I know um TD Ameritrade, which was just purchased by Schwab, they allow that. Yeah, Eat Fidelity does. Fidelity does as well. Um, one of the things we used to start our kids off with is um, Stockpile. Mm-hmm. Um, because Stockpile kind of gamifies the idea of ownership. And they also allow gift cards. And that gift card was key because then we start telling to the family, like, you know, Christmas, birthdays, buy them a gift card. Buy them $50 worth of Apple, whatever it may be. Um, so that's what I'll say about that. But make sure before you make any decision about a specific account or strategy that you, you know, really look at your overall picture because you can make a decision. Now, I've seen someone get an account for their kid. Right. And, and it grew. And then when the kid went to apply for financial aid, that came up. Mm. So I just say that to say, um, right. you know, be, be careful, careful. Mm-hmm. Be careful doing that, but make sure that you're being strategic and thinking about your overall picture. There is no one size fits all approach to finance. That's the one thing I'll say. There is no one size fits all. People be like, 
got to get this term policy. You got to get this whole life. You got to do infinite banking. You got to buy multifamily homes. You got to, I'm like, yo, all that's nonsense. So all your gurus are liars, mm-hmm. right? Don't believe anything that any of them say. Don't believe anything I say. Go look it up for yourself. <laughs> Understand that everybody's situation is different. Right. Income is different. Goals are different. Lifestyle is different. Their needs are different. Their wants are different. So you got to be careful with that. That's what I say. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'll say this, you know, I got introduced to you guys. Um, man, I think you were on EYL maybe. Yeah. Um, but what I what I thought was super dope and super cool about y'all was that um, you all were into so many different things. And one of those things, um, I think you did a, a free ebook giveaway at that time. And the ebook was about no, it wasn't an ebook. It was a cl- it was a course. Actually, it was a course mm-hmm. on precious metals. Yeah. And I was I was so intrigued because I was like, what are these guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, do you, what what are you talking about? Like, what 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 are precious metals? And I was like, you know, as I started diving in and started, you know, getting in and having conversations with you guys and seeing how just well versed that you all were on all things finance and all things mm-hmm. that uh, we don't learn, you know, in school. Right you know, DeFi and all of those things. I'm like, man, these guys are just using phrases and terms that I've never heard before. Um, I'll simplify this question. Is now a good time? Nope, not even is now. Should parents be thinking about buying cryptocurrency for their children? All right, so I'm gonna answer that question by saying this, right? Um, There's cryptocurrency and there's Bitcoin. (laughs) I'm a Bitcoiner. I don't care anything about cryptocurrency, Uh right? Now, I understand that some people want to trade things and, and that's different. But in terms of a long term investment, I could never recommend not that I'm recommending anything to anybody anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but understand that I'm a hardcore Bitcoiner. I believe that Bitcoin is arguably the greatest investment ever, um, even though it's technically is not an investment. We can get to that in a little bit. But I think it's one of the greatest inventions ever. Um, it kind of has attributes of life insurance, has attributes of real estate, has attributes of the stock market, has attributes of precious metals. So it's kind of like all the things that I already study combined into one asset. So that's what I'll say about that. Um, understand that markets have ebbs and flows. Never invest in anything that you don't understand. That's another thing that I'll tell people, too, because I've had people come to me about these these crazy cryptos they got. And I'm like, well, what does it do? I don't know. So why'd you buy it? Because everybody, someone literally told me this a couple weeks ago. Everybody was making money on the crypto season. So I said, I need to make some money in crypto. So I was something. <laughs> I'm like, well, you didn't understand exactly what the technology or what it did. Right. If you don't understand something, don't buy it. I remember years ago. Um, and again, this is this is from being in the space for so long. I've been investing since 1996. I remember, so I remember years ago, a bunch of folks were buying Enron. And I used to ask people, well, how do they make money? No one can really answer that question. Right. I don't know, but it's going up. So I'm like, something's wrong here. Nobody can really answer the question of how they make money. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows that how Enron ended up, right? right? They really weren't making money. They right. were just it was cooking them damn books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, I say that with any investment, the first question you're going to ask yourself is, what does it do? What is the technology? Or if you know, if it's, a, it's a real estate property, like where's it at? Is it making money? So that, that, that's what I'll say about that. But getting back specifically to cryptocurrency, I, you know, I'm not recommending anybody buy Bitcoin, but I think that you need to understand that. Look at my profile pic on Facebook. There's Bitcoin and there's everything else. Mm -hmm. And the the reason I say that is you brought up precious metals. What got me into that space of crypto to begin with is two things. One, 
my love of precious metals, which I've been investing in since 08. And Corey pestered me. Corey was like, yo, you got to look at this. You got to look at this. And initially, I didn't want to. I was a real estate guy. Take some of my real estate money, buy more real estate, buy some precious metals, buy some stocks and leave me alone. Um, But as I started to study Bitcoin, I realized it's decentralized, similar to precious metals. Uh What does that mean? That means that there is no one point of attack. So if I have precious metals, let's just say I got a... um, I got a bunch of one ounce gold bars, right? I know what I have, you know, and the only other people that know what I have are those that I allow to know what I have, right? You know, it's not like my real estate or the stock. So it's kind of in in my control. I have control over it. Um, It's censorship resistant. In order for you to take my wealth away from me that I have in gold, you have to literally come take it from me, right? I had a situation where I had a um, Wells Fargo account one time, right? And I woke up and my account was like closed. What is it closed? It was like frozen. And I'm like, yo, what's going on? So I go to the bank. Yeah, I didn't do anything wrong. What's going on? Like they said, well, you had a lawsuit. I said, nobody sued me. Come to find out, I have a common name, James Williams. It was somebody else, mm-hmm. right? But because that person got sued, they took action on my account, mm. right? So I got it cleared up, but that taught me a lesson. I could have as much money as I want to in the bank. I don't control it. With my precious metals, I have control. Mm. It's not under no one's supervision, right? It's decentralized. There's a, there's a market for it. I can sell my gold as anytime I want to to get the value for it. But no one can, you can't freeze my account. You can't seize my account unless you literally come, you know, come and get me, as uh, Jay-Z would say, mm-hmm. right? Now, Bitcoin had that attribute to it where, you know, if you, if you truly understand decentralization and running a node and all those things, it has that same attribute, but it's even better because it's digital. So now if I have this gold with me and I want to travel to say Africa, I have to pack it into a suitcase and go through customs and all that. Well, Bitcoin, I could take, I don't have to do that. I could literally put it in my head. I can memorize 12 words, put it in my head, get on a plane, open up an app on, you know, other side of the world. And I got all my money. And mm-hmm. when I realized that a light bulb went off, but then after that, I, I start seeing all these other things come out and I'm like, Oh, people are going to get hurt because something I'm going to say on here, people get pissed at and 99% of cryptocurrency is nothing but scams, mm. right? And people are, will continuously get hurt because of that, right? 99% of these NFTs are scams, mm-hmm. right? So understand that a lot of people are going to get hurt as this market matures, but there will be a lot of wealth that will be created through this time period, right? Because it is a new market. It's not going anywhere. So um, just but just be careful as you enter into that market and make sure the one thing I would say invest in, in terms of that is your education. Um, and again, I'm big with books. I've already given one book. Another book that I'll tell everybody to read is um, the Bitcoin standard. If you read the Bitcoin standard, you'll get a better understanding of the space um, and why it's never going anywhere. Mm-hmm. As you were as you were speaking, I'm sure that you can appreciate this. And we haven't even talked about this, but I'm sure you can. I was thinking about Kaleidoscope. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the movie? That's the one on Netflix, right? Yes. I haven't finished it, right? Because you have not I, finished it. Oh man, no, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. No, I'm gonna tell you why I just started it. And the only reason I started to watch it is because I have read an article that came across my Twitter feed that said that yo, everybody gets it in a different order or something. Yes, like that. everybody gets it in so a different I just order. Started it because of that, like yeah. that, that, that is what intrigued. That's what intrigued Every, me. Too. Everyone gets it in a different order, but you can also watch it in whatever order you want. There are different orders out there. Like I watched it in a classic crime story order you can watch it in chronological order you can watch so it on the you have ter- to watch white at the end right that's the that's the key right you don't have to no 
Oh, you really? You That's not, what, okay. You so could so actually so. you could watch white first, honestly. See, see I just learned something new. Well, yeah, I read you, you that could. you could watch it in any order, but white has to be last. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I just saw something today. I saw an order today where violet was last, I believe. Um but you, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, white definitely does not have to be last. It does not have to okay. be last. So don't right. let that fool you. So I got lied to. You did. You did. But also, um, also, in them saying that, and I and I and I was having different people logging to the Netflix, everybody had white last. Like, so I was like, it must yeah. be something to that. Yeah, no, you don't have to. You don't have to. Okay, you, you don't, don't have to. Not a you do not have to. Because if you go look at your order that they give it to you in, mm-hmm. you probably got white last. Right, yeah, yeah. No, it's not a requirement. It's not you could okay. all right, got you, got yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, yeah, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but you could watch like a Tarantino flick. Uh there's so many different ways you can watch. So you don't have to watch it. The way that but it's I, to you. answer your question, though, I didn't finish it, though. Like, you know, there's so much content out here, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I thought, I, I thought, when, when you finish it, you'll understand why that resonated. Will, what you're saying. You know, I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, literally, I've been caught up in this this Max B podcast from Spotify. So that's like, <laughs> so this got that's got me caught up. That's all, like my free time. All I'm doing is listening to that podcast. So I didn't know there was a Max B podcast. No, it's not him. It's okay. A, it's a true crime podcast done about his case. Really. It's, it's, it's really good. It's five episodes. I, I just finished it's five episodes, but it goes into how, you know, he got to the case and also like some of the specifics about the case and also into the criminal justice system. Right. And, you know, something came up there that remember earlier, I was telling you how we're being attacked there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a case where, I mean, he was guilty. He did. He did. What he did. But how the system treated him wasn't fair. Wow. Right? And that was like, and this is no spoilers. Everyone knows that he got sentenced to 75 years. Mm-hmm, part mm-hmm. Of, part and of every that, year they say he's coming home. He's never coming part home. Part of that was punitive. So he's supposed to come home April this year. That's according to what they're saying. Mm. Part of that is because it was punitive, right? And this is this goes to how we're being attacked. And yes, this is all relevant to what we're talking about, about wealth. <laughs> we always find a way to bring it back. Well, but it, it is it is about wealth. It's about wealth in two ways. It's about wealth because when he got arrested, he didn't have the resources to hire the proper attorney. So he went to a high powered attorney and offered dude 20% of all of his business and entertainment, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So dude did that, which was a conflict of interest because when he was then offered a plea deal to take 10 years for his involvement in his crime, the attorney's looking at it like, well, if he got to do 10 years, that's going to mess up these, these record sales. So mm-hmm, we're going to fight this. We could beat this, right? Right, right, right. Went to trial, lost. They sentenced him to 75 years. Part of what they were talking about in terms of the system and how the system is, again, they said, when you look at the data, black and brown folks, um, if they don't take the plea that's offered to them and fight it and mm-hmm. then get found guilty, they get done worse than any other. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was kind of excessive, which is why he's not supposed to come on in April, because they reduced it to 20 years. And like mm-hmm. now it's 15 with time served. So he's already been in there almost 15 years, though. Wow. He couldn't originally did 10, but he got sentenced to 75 years. Yeah. And that's the thing that hit me when I, out of that whole pot. And listen, go listen to it. It's, it's a Spotify exclusive and no Spotify is not cutting checks, but I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the one thing that hit me because everything goes back to wealth. If he had the money to begin with, he would have never been in that situation. Right. He had the proper counsel. Then on the flip side, you see how we're getting attacked criminal from a criminal justice standpoint, how it's like, yo, take this. And if you don't take this, because think about it, what you're saying is, we know your part in this crime. We want to mm-hmm. punish you for this, right? Mm-hmm. We're okay with punishing you for 10 years. That means that you, you've pretty much served your time for your crime. Right. Oh, you don't want to take that? Now we're right. going to be... How does that even make sense? Now we're right. going to be 75. Right. For this because you, because you didn't bow down. Yeah, we were willing to give you... because now, But now they feel like you wasted our time, so now right. we're going to punish you. But it yeah. doesn't happen to other folks. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so that's kind of what I've been caught up in content-wise. Right. But even that goes back to wealth 
Like, you know, again, we're fighting a battle in all kinds of places. Another book I would recommend folks read is Powernomics by Dr. Claude Anderson. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He talks about it, you know, politics, education, finance, you know, the whole nine, these different these different spaces. You, there's people that are fighting in each space, but, you know, ours just happens to be finance and ours is through, you know, bringing it back. Ours is working through the community and through and through the babies. Yeah. Since you are giving book recommendations, I want to throw one out there. Um, one of my favorite books that I've read in recent years, I want to be sure that I get the name right. Um, it is the. Is it recent? Uh, yes. Black Fortunes. You read that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Black absolutely. Fortunes. Yeah yeah yeah. 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 I thought that was a, a super dope book. Super Shemari dope Willis. book. Um, it's a fire book. Yeah. It, it gives the story uh, of, of the first six uh, African-Americans who escaped, escaped slavery and became millionaires. So I love that. Um, so, yeah. So you get all of that inside of the Black. Yeah. That's an excellent book. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to start talking about books because then we're going to be another hour. But right. Right. Like, right. Re- listen, man, readers are leaders. That's all I'm going to say. Man. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, mm-hmm. of, there's a lot yeah. of stuff. Um, so, yeah, man, I think we I think we're at a good place to kind of close out for this particular episode. I think we've talked about a lot. I think we've given the folks a lot to um, a lot to digest. Right. And mm-hmm. I think it's important. Like we, we look at um, black wealth through a different lens and we look at um, how we can achieve black wealth for us, because. I'm sure, Jim, you know the numbers better than I do, but I just was reading something in terms of um, with the with the situation, with the debt ceiling being hit. Of course, black folks are going to be hit the hardest. Of course, we are seeing uh, the, the 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 amount of black wealth in our communities just uh, disappear. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. think it's important that we, we we look at ways that we can kind of change that narrative and shift things around for um, for the babies. Yeah, man, I want to leave you guys with a couple things. The first thing is um, love one another, right? Because one of the things that we believe is black wealth, true black wealth is black love, right? So a lot of times we say, I love my brother, I love my sister, but you got to really mean it and really and really believe that there's value in that. And that value um, contributes to wealth as a culture and as a community. So I think that everything starts at the, at the apex of it all is black love, man. So to me, black love itself is black wealth. So that's kind of what we can say now, like by the hood is no longer about buying properties. It's about buying into each other. So by the hood equals black love. So I want to leave you with that. If anybody out there has any sort of program dealing with the youth or education and they're looking to bring finance, hit us up. Um, you know, we do a lot of like, you know, work just on the strength because we're trying to build, um, also, the newest thing that we're getting into moving into 2023, and we've been in some meetings, we're trying to work on a um, recidivism program. So returning mm-hmm. citizens as they come home, we're putting together, uh, you know, different programs for them to try to get them back on their feet, keep them out. And um, so that's our next focus, because we've kind of um, built this thing with the youth where it's like it's a well-oiled machine and it's running. And But our next thing that we want to tackle is uh, anti-recidivism. We want to work with the, the people that are just coming home, man. That's yeah. very important to us. So if you know anybody has any questions or anything about that, just please hit us up, man. And Dion, again, man, I just want to say thank you, good brother, for you know your conversation, sharing your time. We ain't argue hip hop this time, but it's cool. Yeah, you Corey's know? not Corey's not here, so we yeah, normally yeah, are yeah, on yeah. the same page. So we, man. But um, you know, but this this is it's always fun uh, building with you, brother, man. And, Absolutely, uh, man. We want to work uh, with you, man, because it's very important, man. Like you know, black parenting is everything, man. Like. Yeah. Black parenting is everything. And, yeah. and, and, and it's important that, you know, we 
we honor like honor our folks, man. Honor our black parents, man. Like that to me, that's the most revolutionary thing is a black family. Well, thank you, good brother. Of course, you know, you are one of my favorite people to uh, converse with, one of my favorite thinkers and just, you know, all around good guy, man. Tell people how to follow you. Tell people how to get at your social, get at your own social and all that. Absolutely. So in terms of our uh, organization at By The Hood on, on all platforms is at By The Hood. TikTok, you know, Instagram, uh, Christian Mingle, Farmers Only, like MySpace. My, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but um, at Bada Hood is on everything. YouTube. Um, so our main platforms: YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook. Um, personally, I'm at JW the Blueprint. So that's me on everything as well. At JW the Blueprint. Um, you know, my personal page, you want to see some like, you know, ratchet memes and you want to find the finance stuff too, but a little bit of more of my personal stuff. So you'll see the books I'm reading and you might see a glow, really video up there. Every now and <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you, might, you might though. I'm you not, know. you know what I mean? Like you might, you might see a not a monolith. Yeah. You might see it. You might really see a glow. Oh, what's the, what's the new chick name? Uh, Lola, Brooke. Lola Brooke, man. You Lola know, Brooke. Yeah, 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 yeah. You might see, yeah, you might yeah. see a Lola Brooke video. So you right, might see right, that, like, you right. know, but, but at the same time though, you know, it's, st- it's still some righteousness there too, man. It's righteousness mixed with righteousness. That's my personal page. <laughs> Bodyhood is more about finance and, oh, you know, we got some funny memes there too, but you know, but I just want to say, man, everybody out there, man, keep doing your thing, man. Black love is important, man. And I appreciate you as always, Dion. Thank you, brother. That's what it is. Thank you, man. Uh, Y'all make sure y'all subscribe. Make sure you like the podcast. Make sure you follow By the Hood on everything. Make sure you uh, hit up Black People Parenting on all platforms. You can also follow me at Glad Dad Dion on all platforms. And uh, like I always close the show out, man, take care of each other. Take care of your kids, but most importantly, take care of yourselves. All right. I'll see y'all on the next episode. Black People Parenting Podcast. Peace. Hey, are you looking for new and innovative ways to connect with your children? Do you want to learn how to connect with them through hip hop, social media and popular culture? Then look no further than my company, The Glad Dad. I'm Dion, a keynote speaker, professional development trainer and workshop presenter. And I'm also an expert in family engagement. And I want to show you and everyone around you how to use the latest trends to connect with young people on a much deeper level, a level that will truly break down barriers and create change. By working with the Glad Dad, you'll learn how to break through the noise and meet young people where they are to connect with them on their level. You'll discover new ways to communicate, engage, and create meaningful connections that'll last a lifetime. Whether you're a parent, teacher, or youth leader, I want to teach you the strategies that'll help you connect with your kids like never before. From keynote speeches to professional development training, I got you covered. So don't wait any longer. Visit my website, DionChavis.com today to learn more about how I can help you connect with your children through hip-hop, social media, and popular culture. Your kids will thank you for it. That's right, the Glad Dad, helping adults establish positive relationships with young people. Reach out to me today and let's discuss how I can serve you and your staff. Now let's get back to the podcast.